For over two years, a Colombian family of four drove through South America. In 2016, the Rodriguez family packed up their bags and placed them in their 1981 Volkswagen Westfalia and hit the Pan American Highway, which is the world's longest drivable road. This is Familo America, a Colombian family who decided to travel two years in a van through South America to learn, share, and enjoy the present moment as a family. Taking a two-year sabbatical, homeschooling your kids in a van, and discovering the culture and scenery of South America without any rush or timetable. Joining us now is correspondent Michelle Begay. So, Michelle, thanks for joining us on the America's Now podcast. You are in Colombia right now, but tell us where you are, where you're joining us from. I'm in the Andes Mountains and on a farm, actually, Elaine, <laughs> living out on a farm. <laughs> so you're you're out there as well. Uh, let's let's talk about this extraordinary family and this idea of just taking to the road, leaving everything behind. For a lot of people, that seems like the best fantasy or dream or goal in the world. Are you finding that's becoming more popular or more people thinking about it because of the situation the world is in? I think so. I think that a lot more people are, you know, thinking of, okay, you know, this pandemic really made me reevaluate how I live my life, what I can, cannot do, and why not take risks? You know, we're only, we have no idea what it's going to be like tomorrow. So I, I have heard of more people seeing this as an option and even um, deciding to, you know, make their dreams come true. As you said, um, it's kind of like a fantasy life in a way. So how did you find this story? Uh, what drew you to this family? And I guess, is this trek down the Pan American Highway, is this something that um, a lot of people do? Is this sort of this bucket list item for uh, folks in the Americas? Well, it, it's funny because I've always kind of been obsessed with van life. So um, I actually followed in social media accounts, you know, different like van life diaries, um, people who are doing this. And so I knew about this family um, and had seen them on Instagram and had even seen them in my own neighborhood at some point, like the actual van, because they, they had printed out their, like the name of their, of, of their family on the van. And I just kept feeling like the universe was bringing me this story. And so I contacted them. They were coming back up from spending this year um, and they were around Peru at the time. So that's when we decided, okay, let's do this. Let's go you know, record them in Peru, um, and then and then um, later on, you know, between Ecuador and Colombia, um, which was amazing. You know, the thought of this is is kind of scary for me. I mean, you're a mother; I'm a mother. Usually, when you have kids, you you know, you think that they need structure, and then you get into the whole, you know, going to school and keeping uh, their friends and and just the a daily routine. And so, basically, this family threw that all out the window. So, talk to us about what the mindset was for this family going into this uh, adventure for two years with no, I mean, there's no stability. It's it's just every day is a new yeah. day. They don't know what's going to happen. Well, yeah, that's something that I really admired about them as well, because um, I mean, we're not talking about, you know, this family who has like these huge savings and, you know, that decided to, okay, let's, you know, just go spend the money and, 
no, you know, they're a middle class Colombian family who, you know, was working their day to day, but then decided, hey, listen, you know, we're going to do this. And they did it with a very small van. And they did do it in an age range where um, their kids are younger. And I just spoke to them recently and they said that they are actually contemplating a second trip in the future. They want to do it up north. And they did talk about the age. Um, they said, you know, that their kids are about eight and uh, ten and they would like to do it in the next three years because, you know, once once their kids are older, maybe uh, over 14, over 15, they start to you know think about college or whatever. And but at the end of the day, they, they talked a lot about how important this was for the kids as well, because it really teaches them to think on their feet, to experience new cultures. And I mean, education doesn't have to be so, you know, um, traditional in the sense that like, okay, you've got to go and you've got to learn, you know, algebra and math and, and all the sciences. I mean, there is science, there is culture, there is um, math, you know, outdoors as well in the day to day. And so I think they learned. Uh, incredible valuable lessons that they wouldn't um, learn in a, in a classroom it, it, it's opening up your mind a bit but um, I think that these are experiences that are gonna last them a lifetime this road trip changed in me my deep desire to fully try to make my dreams come true and encouraging me to discover happiness and peace in the present moment in all the ways or situations the road life or God presents them to us and talk to us a little bit about the route they took, what they saw. I mean, the, the Pan American Highway, we said, is the longest uh, drivable road in the world. So a lot of beauty, but I'm sure there was a lot of hardship that they saw. And and there's also the issue of safety. Yes. In terms of, of, of security, it's, they're, they're such a beautiful family because they really choose to see and I say choose to see the beautiful uh, things around them. They're very mindful and their, their whole mindset all the time is just out of, we met to just beautiful people on the road. You know, there are hard parts on the road where, you know, the, the roads aren't the best, but, um, but they, they were never focused on the, on the negative stuff in terms of security and such. I asked them a couple of times and they said that, you know, everything had, had gone smoothly. Um, they did drive from Colombia, go, you know, through Ecuador, uh, Peru, down to Chile, um, Argentina. But they, they just talked about how they met so many other families um, from Europe, from, you know, different parts of the globe that were actually doing the same thing. And they said that, they did find, you know, on the road, other families that were very helpful and they helped them out on the way and, and such. So it becomes a community, they said, for them, um, which is which is pretty awesome. Right. Uh, here in the United States, we see this big RV culture where families uh, travel across through national parks and different parts of the, um, the country. And, and there are campgrounds. So it's a whole thing, as you mentioned. Did this family plan a route or did they just kind of go where the road took them on any given day? Yeah, so they they had a a sort of um, places they wanted to go. But at the same time, they said that they they weren't tied down to we need to be here three days and, you know, um, and then we can't because we've got to keep going. Like they they didn't have that rigid schedule. They were very go with the flow um in the story you know we talk about how one of them is a mindfulness teacher the other one is a you know improv uh teacher actor so they uh, they were kind of going with the flow and seeing where life took them and looking for even they said at some point they, they were painting houses you know for 
for a wow. couple of jobs. So, so it was it was very, you know, wherever life took them, which is unbelievably, it, I mean, I personally would love to do something like that. I mean, it's not for everyone. But um, Elaine, you mentioned something about, you know, the U.S. and how there is this RV culture. Um, but the cool thing about doing something like this in Latin America is that you you get to see a lot of beautiful uh, scenery, different types of climates, different types of ecosystems. The biodiversity is very rich here. But at the same time, you're getting a lot of different countries, right, in a, in a really small place. I mean, the, the indigenous culture in Peru is completely different from the culture uh, in Patagonia and the, uh, in, in Argentina, you know, and you've got different festivals and such. So it's and, and even if you go to Brazil, you've got a completely different language. So there's a lot, a lot of diversity to see in Latin America that goes beyond the nature aspect, which is actually very rich. You mentioned their kids, and I, I can only imagine this was such a wonderful experience just to see all of that and experience that for them. But um, in talking to them after this trip and, and more recently, um, did the kids say anything about uh, this big trip and, and maybe how it's impacted them? I, I know they're very young, but did they have any insight at all? When I, when I saw them after at the end of the trip, actually, they talked to us or talked to me directly about um, how they, they had wanted to come back to school and see their friends and were super excited. And I, I mean, they were they were just extremely sweet children who were happy to be back, kind of like just adaptable to anything, really. You know, just as a reminder, this trip took place pre-pandemic. But, you know, what an experience. What what has it been like having that experience of, of living out of a van, basically? Um, how has that prepared them for actually living and staying put in an apartment during an actual pandemic. I mean, on one hand, they were out and about in a small space, but uh, now I guess they've been living and, and having to stay put. Well, I mean, I think the pandemic, um, and there's a, there's a serious part to this uh, answer because I, I don't know if, if it's been the case in the U.S., but in Latin America, we're seeing a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, violence against children, family, you know, family violence, because, people are not used to having to live in a confined space, you know, with their family. And something that, that this family talked to me about a lot was how living it from a van, I mean, yes, you've got the outdoors and everything, but you're constantly with your family. You know, you meet other people, but it's not like, hey, you know, I'm going to go over to a friend's house and not going to have to see my parents. No, you're with your parents all day and you're with your wife or husband all day and even you know this this isn't an rv this is a very small van so they had to learn how to like live you know with each other and they definitely had very hard times on the pan-american highway and when when you as a person you know have fears have uncertainty are learning to adapt you know the person next to you can sometimes become this you know punching bag at times you with your frustration so they talked about how when I talked to them recently, they said, you know, this definitely prepared us for something like this because, I mean, we were in an apartment. The apartment's a lot bigger. It felt like, you know, a world bigger than, than the van. Um, and, yes, they couldn't be outside, but they had worked on uh, entertaining the kids, you know, on long drives. And, and even and he talked about even having this close relationship with your husband, your wife, of seeing each other every day and, and working out whatever anger issues you have or you know whatever fears you have working it in in a healthy way and so he said that in a way it had prepared them it couldn't have been a, a better sequence of events in that sense 
I always tell Teo, don't forget that you learn to read and write with your parents. For example, with Paz, every night we read together as a family. Since we live all together in the same room, sometimes a plan for us to fall asleep is to grab a book and read it as a family. And we have gone through all sorts of sagas that way, she says. You had mentioned that this is something that you wanted to do with your own family. Um, after seeing their experience, telling their story, what are the chances that you'll hit the road with your family? And what's the one thing that would hold you back, do you say? Mm, good question. Elaine, and, and by the way, Elaine, you said that you wanted to do this too, I do, so. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, you know what, I, I don't think I'm, I'm as brave but, um, because I, you know, the practical side of me is thinking about how do I finance this? How do I deal with the, do I go on, yeah. you know, take a month off from my job? What do we do with the house? We have animals. But at the same time, you know, people are doing it right now because in the U.S., people are renting RVs and they're learning, they're taking their kids on the road and they're finding internet connections. So there are all these stories that I've read where, um, you know, it's actually hard to find find a recreational vehicle because people are hitting the road. They're, they're seeing everything. You know, they want to be outside. Uh, yeah. I've watched lots, a lot of YouTube videos. I'm almost there. I would probably do a trial run, like a two-week vacation on the road or something like that. But, <laughs> you know, that's a huge commitment. Two years of your life is, is, a, is a very big commitment. But then, you know, it's yeah, you only I live once, I right? And and if, you know, my child is not at the point where, you know, we're not in high school, we're not in, in middle school. She's still young enough to where I feel that she would learn a lot. She loves traveling. So, you know, while school is online, could we, you know, I was, we were, I was talking to my husband about even doing something over spring break, like really the other night talking about uh, maybe a two week spring break vacation on the road. That'd be amazing. Well, I feel you. And then in terms of, yeah, I've always thought about, okay, so maybe six months, a year is more negotiable, you know, um, obviously the first thing you think about is work kind of like, will work be waiting for me when I get back kind of thing. But at the same time, I feel like when you talk to them, it's just like, wow, what an enriching experience. You know, yeah, I mean, they talk about the hardships. They talk about, oh, the, you know, difficult times. And I'm sure when they're living it, you feel like you're in the storm. But afterwards, you know, it just sounds like the beautiful things um, come from kind of that spontaneity. And I, and, and I definitely, I feel like more than ever, and I, I definitely would love to do something like that in the future. Is there one lesson that, uh, or any one or two good pieces of advice that they would give to people, whether it's uh, the practical side that they wish they knew before they left? I mean, they took this van how, for how long on the road? Did they have to learn how to fix the van when it broke down or do those sort of things? I mean, what, what, what yes. did they say were the two, two or three biggest lessons for them? Well, they, they talked about how they never knew that they were this savvy or resilient, you know, until you're in that situation and you've got to solve problems. When we were recording on the road, uh, they ran out of gasoline. So, I mean, there are little things that happen and, and that they have to fix. So, yeah, they, again, were surprised by, you know, how human nature just, you know, you pick up and you, you're able to solve the problem and you you start to be able to do things that you never knew you could. And the kids learn that kind of stuff as well. So, so I think that that was one of the biggest things for them. And then also just, again, you know, learning how to like live with each other in these, in these confined spaces, you know, but then at the end of the day, they were so thankful for, for having that time with their kids. 
um, I remember that they were just super happy to have had that experience. 48,000 miles of road. That's that's a lot of road, Michelle. <laughs> do you think you'd do the whole it thing? Is. It is, it is. Um, I would actually, like, I would love to integrate something from up north in the U.S. and down down south. Um, I'm, I'm from Argentina. As, well, my dad's from Argentina. My mom's Colombian. I'm from the U.S. And I would love to, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Bolivia. So it's really hard to think that I would do it in a small track. Like, I would want to do the whole thing. Um. <laughs> Michelle, is there any anything else um, that really struck you about this experience and telling this family story and, and one thing that has stayed with you? Um, I think that, I think that basically it just really reaffirmed for me personally how important it is to do the work, the work I mean mentally, right? To be at peace with yourself in a way um, because it, you just really do get the sense when you talk to them, they're so at peace with themselves. They, they, like you don't really see the conflict in them, you know, or like they're not rushed. And it's beautiful. Some people will say, oh, you know, that's just how they are. And and I would differ and say, no, you, you've got to sometimes put the work in to do that and to have that mentality. And the, the, the wife, um, she she said it. She was like, I didn't go with the flow before, you know, and I do much more now. You reach that point if that's what you want, obviously, to be more at peace. It comes from putting in the work and such. And so that's the lesson that I kind of have gotten from them, that you can make dreams come true. I mean, we didn't talk a lot about it, but all they did was they rented out their apartment, which they owned, and they lived off of that money. And so um, they didn't have a lot of funds, but they made it work. You know what I mean? And sometimes I think that when you have a dream and you really decide you're going to take it on, things just start flowing and it works um, and it works out. And I, I totally believe that even now more so after seeing them and, and thinking, yeah, I mean, if it's true for them, why can't it be true for me? I got to ask you quickly about the FARC. Uh, and we, I know that uh, the FARC signed a peace deal with the government a couple of years ago, but that doesn't mean that that has ended the issues, the tensions between this group and the government. Talk to us about traveling through Colombia. Any concerns for this family at the time with safety or running into or getting caught in the middle of anything? Now they're Colombian, they're local, right? So, um, so it's different sometimes for a local, especially when you have, you know, traveled and they did travel around. I think they did a, a short trip around Colombia, came back to Bogota and then left for their trip around South America. And they didn't mention that they had any fears. Now, um, I do have to say in updating this year um, with the pandemic, unfortunately, it has become a, a, a bigger issue. What you do need to do if you're going to do a trip in, in Colombia, you know, is probably hit the major cities. And uh, veering off the path isn't easy. Now, even if you tried to veer off the path, however, um, it, it's hard because, I mean, Colombia's terrain is just, it's geography. There's just so many mountains. There's a lot of, a lot of places where paved roads don't exist. So, you know, go, going off the beaten path is not recommended. If you take the Pan-American Highway, however, you can 
probably be safe. The issue now with the with the pandemic is that because of the fact people are, you know, there's lockdowns, government entities aren't able to travel to a lot of these remote paths. The problem with uh, drug trafficking here is still an issue. So a lot of these armed groups, uh, you can't travel in certain hours of the day. I mean, you know, they, they recommend things like you have to be in the major town by 6 p.m. You should not be on the road in, in particular hours of the day. Usually it's either night or really early in the morning. So today, you know, it, yeah, it's probably hard early, unfortunately. Um, that's the reality. In other parts of, of Latin America, maybe that's not the issue, but Colombia, definitely you have to take that into consideration. But I mean, main road going to some of the main tourist areas is probably uh, easier. You can take a car and drive to from Bogota to Villa de Leyva. You could take a car from Bogota, which is in the center of the country, to the coast, to Cartagena. And, and you probably wouldn't have a problem with that. But I mean, yeah, there, there's certain places that are probably it's harder to, to be on, on the road. But usually you wouldn't see that many tourists on those roads, you know. America's Now correspondent, Michelle Begay. Thank you so much for bringing us their story. Let's, let's check back in with each other in a year from now. I mean, I know we'll talk between now and then, but let's, let's see if we both get some sort of trip between us uh, this time next year. Well, I, I'm I'm sure you will because you've got the opportunity for a spring break. I'm I Elaine, I'm on a farm right now. Um, I've got a lot of duties on a farm, so I don't know if I, if I, this is one adventure I'm already on. I don't know if I can get on a bus next year, but you can live it for us. Yeah, well, you're you're living a separate adventure. That will be another podcast topic. And uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. And join us next week for another edition of the America's Now podcast. To listen to the first full season of the America's Now podcast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just search for America's Now, CGTN America. Our executive producer is Jose Velasquez. Our sound editor is Caroline Allnut. And our copy editor is Joe Zarenko. The head of the Features Unit is Umberto Duran. And I am Elaine Reyes in Washington, D.C.